Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I'm a Dynasty Freak. That means I love drafting, trading, scouting, managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Here's what we have in store today on episode number 94. We're actually going to look back at my most recent startup draft. So this will be pretty fun. We're about halfway through a startup draft that I just started. A really interesting league settings and format. So I'm looking forward to telling you about the players that I picked and what I was thinking in each of those rounds. Like I said, I did start a, uh, I was invited this this week into an all-flex league. So it's with other analysts and fans. So that's pretty fun. Some pretty uh, highly committed guys. I was really intrigued by when I got the invitation by, by the format in particular, and I wanted to be in another high-stakes league. This is a $105 buy-in league, and I know it's going to have a lot of really hyperactive owners, so it should be a blast. Let me tell you about the league settings, because this is what made me really interested in being in a league like this, because it's unlike any of my other leagues. Well, similar to one of my other leagues, but this, this one has some other unique parts. In this league, it's a 14-team super flex league without defenses or kickers. Owners can start no more than two quarterbacks, so it's a super flex, like I said, but you can only start two quarterbacks, but the rest of your lineup, the other eight positions are all flex positions, so you could start eight tight ends and two quarterbacks if you wanted to. It says uh, points per passing, rushing and receiving yards are pretty standard. Uh, For the quarterback position, it's six points per touchdown pass, a little bit more for an interception, minus four for an interception, it's actually minus six if it's returned for a pick six, so... Sorry, Jameis Winston. <laughs> and uh, it's also a 0.5 uh, PPR, so half PPR for, for the league. And it's also 0.5 per first down. So 0.5 uh, PPR, 0.5 per first down for running backs and receivers. But it's actually one point per reception and one point per first down for tight end. So it's got a little tight end premium scoring to it as well. Payouts look pretty cool too. This is a little bit unique. Definitely not like any of my other leagues. First place gets 600. Second place uh, 200, 100 for third place. Then there's $150 for the best regular season record and 150 for most regular season points. So there's a lot of ways to win your money back if you only had the 105 buy-in. Here's the unique part though. There's a $200 pot that's withheld from the pot and it's kind of a rolling jackpot. And so every year there's going to be 200 that stays in the jackpot that rolls over year to year to year until a team wins back-to-back championships. Um, then when they do that, then they're going to be able to win the entire jackpot. So if 10 years from now, you know, someone actually does get that back-to-back championship, they got they got $2,000 coming their way. So pretty fun. Um, it's not one of those blow-up leagues. I know some leagues say then it just blows up. So this league's going to keep going. Even if someone wins it twice, they'll just kind of reset the jackpot and start over again. But it could be pretty fun. It was pretty cool because within two days, owners had already paid their dues. A group me was set up for communication and the draft started. So this is some committed guys that just jumped right on it and got to it. It's been a blast this last week drafting. It started a week ago today. So it started last Sunday and now we're in Sunday uh, a week later. We're in the 12th round, um, but I wrote about this and wanted to tell you about my first uh, 10 picks in this draft. So let me give you an idea about what I was doing. I was pick number 10, so I was going to have the number 10 pick on the even or the odd rounds and the number 5 pick on the even rounds. 
So let me go ahead and jump in, tell you what I was thinking at each round and who I picked. Give me a chance just to talk about the players that I like. Obviously, I like them if I pick them, but also make reference many times to the players that were around there that I was considering, but why I chose the player that I did. So let's start off with my first pick, 1.10, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was my first pick in the 10th spot of this 14-team league. Here's why. Um, I was not committed to drafting a quarterback in the first round, but I planned to draft one by round two at the latest. So when you got 14-team league, I knew the quarterbacks would get gobbled up pretty fast. Six quarterbacks were drafted in the first round, and I was surprised that Dak fell to me as the fifth quarterback taken by me because I have Dak ranked as my number three quarterback behind Mahomes, who went 1-1, and Lamar Jackson, who went 1-3, but Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson were drafted ahead of Dak at 1.5 and 1.7, respectively. Um, I would have probably drafted Alvin Kamara or Dalvin Cook ahead of uh, Murray or Watson if Dak had already been taken. But when Dak fell to me, I just thought I had to do it. Dak has improved every year of his young career. He's about to sign, fingers crossed, a long-term contract, and he has among the best weapons, the best wide receivers in the league. Plus, in this league, Dak protects the ball really well, so he'll not be punished by the negative four points per interception. Last year, he narrowly missed the, the fantasy high water marks of 600 passes. He had 596, and the water high mark of 5,000 yards passing, he had 4,902. But he did hit the high water mark for quarterbacks and getting 30 passing touchdowns, and I believe that he'll do the same for years to come. I was delighted to be able to draft him in the first round there. Then something interesting happened with my second pick. My second pick actually was the 111. So you see, I picked 110, and I traded back up to get 111, and I drafted Alvin Kamara. So right after Dak, the owner offered me a trade for 111. He wanted to get my 2.5 and 4.5. I considered it, but thought it was not worth giving up. That would be essentially the number 19 and number 47 pick just to move up eight spots from 19 to 11. But I did get a counter offer, and he accepted. What I did is I have the 10th pick, in, like I said, in the odd rounds, and I have a fifth pick in the even rounds. I was much more willing to give up an odd round pick, your number 10 pick, than an even round pick because I would only have to miss out on eight players. So between my giving up a 10 and just waiting till I get the, the fifth pick in the even rounds, I knew I was only missing out on eight players. So I was more willing to do that. So what I did is I, for 1-1, I offered him 2.5 and 5.10, and he accepted. And when he did, I gladly drafted Alvin Kamara. Even more has come out in recent weeks about the nagging injuries that Kamara dealt with last year. I ultimately believe that he was not, that was the only reason that he finished outside the top 12 running backs last year for the first time in his career. Everyone knows that Kamara is, uh, has precisely 81 receptions every year of his career. He always gets 81 receptions. So I feel like I can pencil in at least 40.5 points in the half PPR league. And I think he's going to find the end zone far more than he did last year. Last year was unlike his other years of play. What's more, I think that he's going to sign a long-term contract in New Orleans and become a focal point of the offense for Breeze after, after Breeze retires this year, I believe. Um, he had uh, two first-round picks. Um, here I ended up having, of course, now two first-round picks, and all I had to do was to give up a, my second and a late fifth. I was confident making this trade that I could fill that hole in the fifth round later in the draft somehow. So pretty good start for me, in my opinion. I was happy to get Kamara right after I picked Dak. Third pick was in the third round, so pick 310. So I had to wait a while after Kamara pick, but man, I was happy just to sit there and know that I had uh, two of my favorite guys there in, in, in Dak and Kamara. And then uh, those are actually my number three running back and my number three quarterback. I waited till pick 310, and I picked at 310 Kenny Galladay. Here's why. Galladay was a sixth-ranked receiver last year, and he was the 11th receiver drafted in this draft, so that's pretty interesting. 
Um, Galladay is my number five ranked dynasty wide receiver, so I was pleased to get him this late in the third round. Galladay has steadily improved each year of his career and has had his best year last year, mostly playing with backup quarterbacks for half the year after Matthew Stafford was hurt. His 230 fantasy points was definitely bolstered by his 11 touchdowns, but I believe that's repeatable, especially if Stafford is healthy. This is what Galladay is good at doing, is catching touchdowns. Only having 65 catches last year is a concern for me. He's definitely not a uh, high reception guy. He was targeted 116 times and only caught 56% of them. But for me, that just gives me a really clear sense of how bad the backup quarterbacks were. So when Stafford comes back, it's going to make a huge difference. Plus, the fact is that Galladay wins downfield, and so his catch percentage is always going to be lower than a lot of the receivers that like to run underneath and run in the middle routes, you know. So he's the downfield guy. His pass, you know, he's not going to have as many catches. He's going to have less, less percentage of catches, but I still have confidence in him. Galladay had, uh, also had 52 catches for a first down. This is my first time playing in a points per first down. Like I said, it's .5 per first down. And so I did do a little bit of research before the draft about which people, which players succeeded at getting first downs with their catch. And Galladay had 52. I think he was like in about the 20s as far as that goes for receivers. So I like that advantage that it gives me just a little bit in 0.5 points per first down. Was happy to get Galladay as my third pick. Fourth round, I drafted Matthew Stafford. I really wanted to get ahead of the quarterback run that I knew was about to take place in the fourth round. And in fact, I was right. Nine quarterbacks were taken in the fourth round. So nine out of 14 picks were quarterbacks in the fourth round. I drafted the third of those nine. Honestly, I really hoped to get Matt Ryan. I was, I was hoping that Matt Ryan would fall to me. And this is the fir- uh, so this is the first time in, in the draft that I was actually disappointed. Um, but I happily settled for the next quarterback on my board, which, which, was, uh, which was Matt Stafford. Matt Ryan actually was taking a pick right before me. Here's why I like him. If you go back to points per game, Stafford was the number two ranked quarterback last year behind Lamar Jackson. And that's not, that, I mean, that's not like a small sample size. He played half the season. Um, he was averaging 27 points per game before he got injured in week nine. He's always one of the most underrated quarterbacks in fantasy, that's for sure. But when he's healthy, he consistently ends up in the, the season in the top 12. And I'm sure that he can do it again next year. I like that, and Detroit added some weapons this year, too, by drafting DeAndre Swift and Quintus Cephas, and I think TJ Hawkinson should make a big jump in his second year, too. I think Stafford's just the perfect quarterback, too, in a super flex league, very high in quarterback, too, in a, in a super flex league. I love my quarterback room with Dak and Stafford better than any other team in our league, except for one team, possibly, that drafted a quarterback in the first and second round. They got Russell Wilson and uh, Carson, Carson Wentz. Then again, I go back to my, my dynasty rankings for quarterbacks, and my team's total quarterback score would be 15 because I have their, or their, their quarterback score would be 15 because I have Wilson ranked number six and Wentz ranked number nine. So you add those together, it'd be 15. My team, however, is, uh, would score 14 because I have Dak ranked number three and Stafford number 11. Either way, it's close. I like my quarterback room as well as any, as better than any other team in the league and definitely tied maybe with this one that has Wilson and Wentz. Love my quarterbacks that I have going into the rest of the draft. I feel super confident that I can just roll those two out. Now, a fifth round, remember, I had to, I'm, I traded around my fifth round pick to get Kamara, so here I am waiting. I had to wait from 4.5 till 6.5. So 28 picks go off the board, or 27 before, no, 20, yeah, 27 go off the board before it gets back to me. And this was a stretch when I was, uh, when I was worried, but I had to sit there and watch, and I drafted... Melvin Gordon at 6.5. Like I said, this was the stretch where I had to wait. 
Um, I traded my fifth round picks, so I had to wait 27 picks to watch them come off the board before selecting Gordon. Nine of those picks were quarterbacks, so that helped a proven player like Gordon fall to me. Plus three uh, rookie wide receivers were drafted in that stretch, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, and Justin Jefferson. I wanted to draft Zach Ertz or Mark Ingram. I mean, uh, Evan Ingram right here. Those were the, the guys that I was actually aiming to draft in this tight end premium league. But they were drafted four and two spots ahead of me, respectively. So that's pretty frustrating. I think that there is a big tight end tier break after Evan Ingram. And so I knew I was just going to have to wait on tight end in the draft and didn't want to draft one here. After all, too, it's a super flex league. I don't super flex or all flex league. I don't have to. Um, I don't have to draft or even start a tight end at all if I don't want to, even though I'd be missing it on the tight end premium. Here's what I like about Gordon. He's a top running back on my board at that time. Um, even though he's 27 years old, he's the, my number 14 ranked running back for me. So I was pleased to see other running backs like Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, David Montgomery. They all got drafted before Gordon. I have Gordon ranked ahead of them in my dynasty rankings. So I think he's going to be obviously the lead back in Denver for at least two years, which is the length of his contract. The offense should improve after all the players after all the players that they drafted, their defense is going to be one of the best in the league since they traded for A.J. Bouye and Gerald Ger Casey. I think Gordon's going to get plenty of red zone touches and can be relied upon it to really be the kind of grind out the clock at the end of the games kind of back. Um, I love having workhorses like Kamara and Gordon as my top two running backs. Very happy to have got him at 6-5. Now we go to 7-10. Back to the odd rounds where I'm the 10th pick. At 7-10, I picked Adam Thielen. I was targeting Jarvis Landry with this pick because I love his very, very steady floor, but he was drafted three picks ahead of me, and so that had me deciding between Adam Thielen, Chris, and Chris Carson. Ultimately, Carson's injury worried me a little bit, as did Seattle signing Carlos Hyde, who I actually believe uh, will get a lot of the touches in the backfield. I'm a big Carlos Hyde fan and think he's going to take away a lot and really make that a muddy situation in Seattle. One thing I like to do in drafts, if possible, is secure as many top targeted receivers as possible. Uh, there's no doubt that Thielen's going to be the most targeted pass catcher in Minnesota next year, which provides a lot of security on my roster, I think. He and Kirk Cousins also have some sort of a strong connection together, which is why Thielen really outproduced the uh, more physically gifted Stefan Diggs most of the time um, in Minnesota. It's true that Minnesota is a run-ball-first team, um, so it's not the same thing as being wide receiver one on a very pass-happy team. But Thielen, when he's healthy, he always overproduces his draft position. He always does. Uh, he will turn 30 this year, so he's the oldest guy on my roster at this time. But I always draft with a win-now strategy in startup drafts, so I think this will help me win now in this first year. Two more picks to talk about here. Pick in my ninth round, 9-10, was Raheem... Oh, no, I skipped my eighth round pick. My, my apologies. My eighth round pick, I knew there was another one there, was Brandon Cooks at 8.5. Uh, here's what I here's what I was thinking with him. I considered drafting Cooks when I drafted Thielen. He was actually kind of right there side by side. I have him ranked number 29 and number 30 among receivers in my dynasty rankings. So they're right next to each other already. And if you follow me for very long, you know that I'm, I'm higher on Cooks than the rest of the dynasty community. I've traded for him in several leagues uh, already. People worry about his con concussions and injuries, but the fact is he's only missed two games in recent years. Most people also worry about a wide receiver switching teams, but he's done that three times and he's excelled with each new team. Um, even in his first year with that team. Hopkins' departure to Arizona leaves 172 open targets in Houston. That's ridiculous. I believe that Cooks will get, be the most targeted pass catcher in Houston next year. He may compete with Will Fuller for that title, but Fuller is the player that actually has the real injury concerns, in my opinion. Cooks is just an awesome football player. He knows how to play football. He's awesome everywhere he's been. I think he's going to get open a lot in Houston, and Deshaun Watson will find him. Hopefully Houston and Cooks... 
this will hopefully this will be Houston and Houston will be Cook's last stop in the NFL and he and Watson can be paired together for say four to six years to come before Cook's really starts to decline. Now we're picking pick number nine. Pick number nine or in the ninth round, pick number ten, I picked Raheem Mostert. So as I watched the picks go by leading up to this pick, I intended to draft another tight end here. And in my, some of my top tier or second tier tight ends, I already said I missed out on the first tier guys. Now I thought maybe I could wait and grab a second tier guy, but I missed out on all again. Uh, Hunter Henry, Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, Irv Smith, Tyler Higby, Dallas Goddard, and Austin Hooper were all drafted while I watched. So that big stretch that I had to wait all got drafted while I had to sit there and watch him. After picking high floor guys with Thielen and Cooks, I decided now it was time to draft a high upside guy. Uh, we all saw how incredible the end of the season was and the playoffs were for Mostart. I'm breaking on, I'm banking on him to do it again. Including the playoffs, if you include those games, Mostert averaged 20 points per game after taking the leading role in Week 11. His carry count was not a, is, is a huge concern for me. It really is, as he only twice got more than 15 carries in that span. But his productivity can't be questioned either. So even though he didn't get the touches, he still scored 20 points per game. This truth is just the reality of owning... Kyle Shanahan running back. They will not get as many touches as you want, but they will outproduce the touches that they get. Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida did the same thing the last two years. What makes this year different is that Matt Breida has gone to Miami in a draft day trade. Mostert is now the lead back in the committee ahead of Coleman now, and the 49ers are in contract negotiations with Mostert. All those signs point up to me, even for this 28-year-old late bloomer. I drafted him for his upside, and I believe that we will see it. Finally, pick number 10 for me, 10.5. I drafted T.Y. Hilton. I noticed in this draft that there tends to be a lot of ageists. Uh, many of the owners are willing to take unproven young players and rookies ahead of proven veterans at this point. This is certainly a valid strategy, so I'm not knocking it. But I draft differently in a startup. I draft to win now and prefer a proven player in the middle of a startup draft instead. But here I saw Nicole Hardman, Nikhil Harry, Brandon Ayuk, and Denzel Mims were all drafted ahead of T.Y. Hilton. Again, that is a valid strategy, but that's not what I like to do in a startup. Hilton did have a lousy year last year, uh, largely due to his injuries and bad quarterback play. And his age and recent injuries do give me pause before making this pick. They really did. But his overall consistency of about 75 catches and 1,000 yards, six touchdowns over the past eight years, I believe he can do it again, even though he's getting older. I also have questions about Philip Rivers' arm, <laughs> but it can't be worse than Jacoby Brissett last, Br- last year. Uh, He's the riskiest, oldest player that I've drafted so far, for sure. But if he bounces back, I think he's going to be a steal at pick number 131. At 131 to get T.Y. Hilton, I felt like that was a good value for me. Before I drafted him, I did text some of my other dynasty freaks, some of my friends that I trust, some of the most savvy owners. I listed the players I was considering, and they all told me that they preferred Hilton. So that gave me a little bit of my confirmation that I needed. I won't share about the other players I was considering because this article in this uh, podcast is going to be posted before this draft is over. And I don't know if any of those owners are going to be listening to this podcast, so I'm not going to tell you who I was thinking when I was thinking about drafting T.Y. Hilton. I will tell you because I know what happened in the next round. I actually got the guy that I was considering against T.Y. Hilton a round later. So strange things happen in these drafts. Come back next week and I can tell you about what I did in the back half of this draft. Again, I thank you for giving me a listen. That's going to be a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Enjoyed an email exchange with a listener named Sean this last week. I appreciate that. Would love to return emails to you guys. So let me in on how your team is. Let's talk some dynasty at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's.
I really would be honored if you take the time to rate and review. We are getting close to the season. If you could rate and review on Apple Podcasts, that would mean a lot to me and help others find me. Thanks again for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there. Get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.